Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode Reviews, where we look at the latest comics and other media featuring the Transformers. In this episode, we focus on Slicer, who is definitely not evil Mirror Universe Wheeljack, as we review Transformers Shattered Glass 2, number 3, from IDW Publishing. Today is Friday, November 4th, 2022, and this is episode 310 of Transmissions Alt Mode. Welcome to Transmissions Alt Mode, the podcast that lost its blasterhead radio. I'm your host, Charles, a.k.a. Big C, and I'm joined by the excellent Transmissions team. Jeremy, a.k.a. Yakko. Hey, how's it going? Scott, the illustrious Dr. Pants. Is there a talking head joke in there, like the band Talking Heads? Never mind. Hey, everyone. And Daryl, the Cybertronian Beast. Hi, everybody. Let's talk Transformers. As always, we start off the show by thanking our Donatrions, those lovely people who support us on Patreon and PayPal. Thank you all so much for continuing to help us out and supporting the show. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a Donatron, just go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support. That's where you can sign up either on Patreon or PayPal. We've got lots of perks, uh, get some bonus content, merchandise, uh, other good stuff if you become a Donatron. And of course, it helps out the show. Speaking of uh, those that bonus uh, content, uh, this week we had the bonus uncut version of Empire of Rust, episode 88, Back to the Future, and that was released exclusively to Donatrons. Uh, and this is our Transformers Live Play RPG podcast. Of course, coming this coming Monday, uh, November 7th, that will be out in the main free feed. So episode 88, Back to the Future, uh, will be available. Uh, and uh, you can check that out uh, for everyone to listen to. But if you are a Donatron, you can get it right now already from our Patreon page. And then on November 14th, uh, the following week, we've got a special Empire of Rust episode coming. Uh, this is a, uh, a, a bonus uh, kind of interqual episode. So it's not a, uh, a regular episode. It is not episode 89. It was, it's a special and it's titled You're Not Thinking Fourth Dimensionally. So uh, if you are, if you think there's a Back to the Future time travel theme going on, uh, you might be right. And uh, this special episode does focus on a character we haven't seen in a while, a uh, a certain uh, candidate for high office who uh, who used to be a racer. Uh, and uh, we'll find out what's going on uh, with this character. Maybe in the past, maybe in the future. I don't know. You'll you'll have to listen and find out. So that's all the Empire of Rust stuff coming up very soon. Uh, we also have another special episode that uh, Mike, uh, of course, the editor, producer, and star of Empire of Rust did. Uh, but Mike put this episode together with Apollo and Dr. Pants. And this was a War for Cybertron trilogy toy line retrospective. And uh, this will also be a Donatrion exclusive show uh, that will be available coming uh, very soon. I think next week it'll be going up next week. So uh, look forward to that. 
Dr. Pants, you want to give us a little tease of what happened, uh, what, what, what we're going to see in this special episode, all about the War for Cybertron line? You'll see laughing. You'll see crying. You'll see rage. Uh, no, the three of us just talk about the toys that we love that came out of that toy line and some of the toys that we didn't love and, you know, some of our favorite moments, some of our least favorite moments. It's just a big look at the whole toy line in general, and it's a lot of fun, and it wasn't always agreement. We didn't always agree on everything, and uh, it, there's some really good discussion in there, so you really should check it out. It's a blast. All right. Uh, of course, I should mention uh, we have a new uh, a new uh, promo code from our friends at ToyHacks.com. So uh, if you are buying any labels or other items from ToyHacks.com, you can use our code TM1234, and that will give you 15% off your entire order at ToyHacks.com. So... Uh, that helps out th- us at the show, and it helps yourself out with uh, a <laughs> little discount. So feel free to use it as much as you like. It's, uh, there's no limit on how often you can use it. It can be used with Robo Points at ToyHacks.com, but cannot be combined with any other discounts or offers. So uh, that's a good 15%, a good you know, consistent 15% off of everything you buy at ToyHacks.com. That's pretty nice. So feel free to use it as much as you like. Okay, uh, let's jump into our review for this week. So this week we are reviewing Transformers Shattered Glass 2, issue number 3. So we are coming up to the end of the IDW Transformers comics license. Uh, so after this, just two more comics issues that'll be going out before the end of the year. And that will be it. But uh, this is the third part of the second Shattered Glass miniseries. This was written by Danny Lore, art by Guido Guidi, inks by Matt Frus, colors by John Paul Bove. Color Assists by Ed Peary, Letters by Jake M. Wood, Editor Riley Farmer, and Supervising Editor David Marriott. We had four covers uh, for this issue. Cover A was uh, Slicer versus Goldbug versus Jetfire, and that's by Guido Guidi. Cover B is Slicer teaming up with Ratchet under the watchful optic of Optimus Prime. And that's by Lantana Gao. And then the retail incentive cover is Slicer having a Hamlet moment with Blaster as Yorick. That's by Stefano Simone. And then we have the Hasbro Pulse exclusive cover that is packed in with the Slicer toy. And that's Slicer in his action pose. And that is art by KCW Collar and colors by Joanna LaFuente. So very cool covers. Uh, Dr. Pants, we'll start with you. Which of these covers do you prefer? I want to give a shout out to the retailer incentive cover because I do really like that. And I think it's really cool. Um, There's something about that style that really gets to me. It's just it's a little too orange. (laughs) <laughs> it's a weird criticism but it's just a little too orange my actual pick is going to be cover a i think guido did a fantastic job on this cover it's what happens in the book the colors are fantastic it's just 
it's a really, really good cover. I really, really like this one. All right. Daryl, which one are you picking? Uh, I am also going to go with the uh, cover A. Uh, it's the one that I picked up. Um, I just uh, I thought that it uh, it 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 was a it was a nice one. Um, and uh, yeah, the dark the dark colors are are uh, they just they speak uh, they speak to me on this one. All right, and uh, Jeremy, which cover are you picking? Uh, I also think cover a and for much the same reasons that you can't go wrong with guido art on anything and then just the colors on this it just makes it pop in i don't know it's a very interesting way because the colors are darker but it just it really stands out especially like the the volcano lava and everything against the darker purples it's just it's a really great cover And I guess I'm going to make it unanimous because I'm also going to pick cover A by Guido Guidi. Yeah, I, I got to concur with everyone else's opinion here. This is a very well done art and also depicts, depicts uh, a pivotal moment from the comic. So, uh, you know, I always like it when the cover advertises what's what's inside. So uh, that's that's great. And of course, Guido Guidi's art is consistent because uh, since he did the interior art for the whole issue. And uh, his art is always a treat to look at. So uh, very cool. I, I do want to give an honorable mention to the Hasbro exclusive cover. I think Casey Collar's cover was really well done as well. Um, and of course, uh, it includes the um, his uh, action master partner <laughs> that's included with the toy. Of course, that does not make appear- an appearance in the comic, but uh, I appreciated that, the, you know, this is to advertise the toy that's, uh, you know, that was packed in there so very cool okay let's uh, jump into this issue and uh, we'll go through a summary and then we'll give our thoughts slicer who is totally not evil shattered glass wheeljack visits ratchet to deliver some components of his latest kill Ratchet is complaining that he had to quickly evacuate his shop in Gold City after the Decepticons attacked and had to break down all his patients to component parts for the evac. Sadly, they didn't survive the trip and relocation. Ratchet goes on to mention that he needs all the components for replacement parts for future patients. And Slicer's on schedule to need a new arm soon as well. Slicer is a bit taken aback that Ratchet has him on a schedule, but he tells him he's not planning on getting himself killed or having to be reassembled. Ratchet replies that all bots eventually break that promise and he'll be here to patch them up when they do. Slicer transforms the car mode and drives across the plains of Cybertron towards the Metroplex excavation site. As he drives, he ponders bots like Ratchet and Soundwave who dwell on the past. He listens to Soundwave's Decepticon propaganda broadcasts through the antenna in Blaster's severed head that he kept as a memento after killing him last issue. For Slicer, the past is irrelevant. You can't change it, so it's better to deal with the present and focus on keeping the most powerful bots happy to secure your own position. Slicer is brought out of his daydreaming when he gets to Metroplex and sees that he has moved even if only a little bit. Does this mean the Titan is waking up? In the sky, he sees Jetfire patrolling the area. 
On the ground, Slicer gets to the access gateway to enter Metroplex and searches for Goldbug. Since Metroplex is in the static zone, Slicer uses Blaster's head as a compass to guide him closer to the source of radio interference, which will lead him to Goldbug. Slicer finds Goldbug's makeshift base and lab, complete with Starscream's indestructible special spark that has the key to awakening and controlling Metroplex. As Slicer takes in the surroundings, Goldbug appears. They greet each other, and Goldbug asks where he's been since Gold City fell. Did Slicer go back to his old team, the Wreckers, led by Ultra Magnus? Slicer lies and denies it completely, even though he's secretly been working for Ultra Magnus the whole time. Goldbug seems to buy it, but he's more annoyed by the constant broadcast of Soundwave's messages from Blaster's head. Slicer tries to get Goldbug to tell him more about the progress on reactivating Metroplex, but Goldbug isn't very forthcoming. Slicer goes back outside so he can get a clear signal and transmission to call in the Wreckers for support. But when he gets outside, Metroplex again suddenly comes awake for a moment and then goes dormant. And Jetfire is still flying around waiting to attack when he sees Slicer in the open. Slicer manages to avoid Jetfire's aerial assault and realizes that the Titan was only active while Jetfire was attacking. Somehow they're linked. Slicer runs back inside Metroplex and asks Goldbug how long Metroplex is awake when he activates, but Goldbug doesn't answer. Meanwhile, Slicer gets more of Soundwave's transmissions and realizes there's a coded message. A Decepticon patrol is going to come nearby soon. Slicer uses this info to his advantage and ambushes the Decepticon airstrike patrol in the air before they can react. He takes out Tailwind immediately while Nightflight, Visper, and Stormcloud take cover. The Decepticons are drawn to attack him, and that also draws out Goldbug from inside Metroplex to attack the Decepticons. Slicer and Goldbug finish off the Decepticon airstrike patrol, and then Goldbug turns on Slicer. Goldbug realized that Slicer betrayed him, and was still working for the Wreckers. But Goldbug also forgot about Jetfire. While Goldbug is distracted, fighting Slicer, Jetfire descends from the air and slams Goldbug into the ground, crushing him. But Jetfire killed Goldbug for revenge, not to save Slicer. He turns on Slicer and prepares to end him too, but Slicer activates an explosive in his right arm. The blast wrecks Slicer's arm and causes a small distraction. It's only enough to irritate Jetfire, but it buys Slicer just enough time for the Wreckers to arrive. The Wreckers deploy a bunch of steel cables and wrap up Jetfire, completely capturing him. Slicer tells them not to kill Jetfire, since Ultra Magnus will need him alive to activate Metroplex. Slicer celebrates his temporary win and feels something like pride in his work capturing this prize for Ultra Magnus. But the victory might be short-lived, as another group of Decepticons led by Flame War approaches, and they might not be willing to let the Wreckers have Jetfire without a fight. To be continued. So uh, I did uh, some, some, there were some, uh, some good scenes in this issue. I I did particularly like the battle uh, with the, the Micromaster airstrike patrol. And then the scene with Jetfire crushing Goldbug was really well done. Uh, But uh, I think I gotta I gotta pull a Daryl here and say there was just way too much exposition here in this comic, like so much narration, so much internal monologue from Slicer throughout the whole issue. It was really, really heavy on that internal monologue, and it you know it was it was both hard to follow and kind of didn't always line up with what was going on in in the actual you know visual part and and 
part of the story. So it was a little bit distracting for me, but, uh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm still kind of hung up on the whole slicer thing. Why, like, why is this slicer and not, you know, shattered glass wheel jack? I mean, why? <laughs> I, I don't understand what, what the deal is with what, like is, I thought slicer was a Decepticon who was just a repaint of wheel jack. And now he, but he's an Autobot who's an evil Autobot in the shattered glass universe, but he's not Wheeljack. Okay. I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think I will have the same complaint with flame war when we get to issue four next, next month. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the art was really good. I mean, it's Guido Guidi's art. That's the art was, was very nice. Well done. Uh, and like I said, some of those, some of those action scenes were really nice, but overall it felt just a little bit, too much exposition for me for this comic. So, uh, Dr. Pants, what did you think? Uh, <clears throat> normally I am, I am very much all praise on these books, but, uh, I'm going to agree with you. Like a lot of what's going on is very boring. I found myself kind of like glazing over during some of the exposition to the point that I'd be like, Oh crap. I wasn't paying attention. What were they actually saying? And like, I'd have to go back and reread it. That said, uh, the action was really good. The fight with the airstrike patrol, nice. Love that scene of Jetfire crushing Goldbug. It is brutal. Uh, his his like visor shattering and the optic underneath. It's just it's a really 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 cool shot. The whole and I want to say the second half of the book is really really good. That being said, I I kind of like that the past two issues, like Slicer, has kind of been a very main character and what's going on and. I want to say that maybe we'll find out in the end that Slicer is actually not an Autobot, but has been a Decepticon the whole time or is playing both sides or something like maybe something will come out that'll explain why this former Decepticon from the G1 action masters is actually an evil Autobot and so on and so forth. But I don't know. I do want to point out that I was a little disappointed that he never got his exosuit like he was released with as a toy, but if you look at the uh, first page with him and Ratchet, the arm that Ratchet pulls out and said, this will make a good replacement. That is a piece from the fast track mold, which is what makes up the exosuit. So they do kind of allude to it. So that's kind of nice. And it's a nice little Easter egg in there. But um, I am curious to see where this is all going. Uh, I have enjoyed overall the Shattered Glass 2 stuff. It's been a lot of fun to read. So I'm excited to read more. It's just first half of this book. It's kind of dull. A lot of exposition, but I am enjoying Slicer as a character, and I kind of want to see more of him. But mm. we'll wait till next issue. All right, uh, Jeremy, what did you think? Uh, I've got to agree. It the the exposition was just too much. It, I mean, I, I'm looking at like some of the. It's like about six panels of exposition, like his internal monologue per page. You know, roughly, and that's just too much. Um, the, I mean, I, I like the story. I like where it's going. It's just this one. Un, until we got to the action scenes, which are really brief, it it was just rough reading it and following it because you have to like read the, the like word bubbles, and then you have to read the exposition, and um, I don't know. The art was fantastic. I think that that page where where Goldbug is getting crushed is just amazing. That that is 
that image is just great. Um, it, it's clear that Starscream's spark is reacting to Jetfire. And I'm just I'm wondering if they're going to reveal it in the next issue or they're going to hold it until issue five. But I don't know. I, I just I have no complaints with the art or the colors or anything. It's just the the mechanism of using the internal monologue through the whole thing, it should have been pared down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have in, increased my enjoyment of reading the book. I mean, the, the story itself, I am still enjoying. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in these last two issues. But yeah, it's, this one was a, a rougher one to read. I did forget to mention the artwork, like, I'll praise the artwork too. The artwork saved this book in every aspect because it's very, very nice to look at. Yeah. And <laughs> the exposition, the all the internal monologue covered up a lot of the art, unfortunately. It, it did. <laughs> Some of these in the first couple of pages, it's just like the panels are, you know, 30%, 40% either word bubble or exposition and just a lot. And they're brown. Yeah. Why are they brown? <laughs> Your thoughts are brown. Did you know that? Thought, thoughts are always brown. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be kind of the color of his head. It yeah. Kind of match that. All right, Daryl, let us have it. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> Turns out Daryl loved the book. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I really like this one. <laughs> Actually, no. I. I, <laughs> I did not like this at all. Um, I. Uh, my. I think there's a. I've been reflecting on it a bit as we've been talking about it. I think there's a good chance that my opinions of this book uh, have a lot to do with the fact that. I'm just done with, with it right now. I'm, I'm <laughs> IDW's IDW's they've, they've done, they're done with the license. We're waiting. We're, we're beyond ready to find out who's got the license. And this is just the last gasp of the, you know, the IDW franchise here. Um, so I'm just, we're going through the motions here at this point, you know, I'm just, I'm ready to find out who's got it next. Um, as far as the book goes, the art was phenomenal. Guido's a, a, a very talented artist and he's definitely in, in my top three of, of artists that, to do Transformers. I have, we've, I mean, we've talked about it constantly since we've taught, when, since we've, we've done these Shattered Glass books, but um, the stories, sure, the stories have been interesting, but Danny Lore writes too much. There's there's way too much. You know, whether it's whether it's the dialogue or it's it's just you know it's just exhibition or ex it's not exhibition, it's ex- exposition. <laughs> exposition. Yes, you gotta get that P in there. Yeah. Um uh so it's just it's too much. But I'm just yeah, I'm just I'm just done with these books at this point. I want to I want to bring on I want to get to the next one here, you know. I'm excited for what's next and 
I'm I'm so I'm so disappointed that we're ending on shattered glass. I I it's I don't like the toys. I'm I'm I, they're a, they're a toy that I can easily skip because I I just I'm not interested in it. And you know the fact that we're ending IDW on shattered glass just bums me right out. So I let's you know I'm a, I'm a big meh on the whole deal. Let's get on to the next thing here. And I know we got two issues left, so. Let's go. <laughs> I did a. I did appreciate the Shakespeare reference with the slicer holding Blaster's skull and a, and doing an alas, poor Blaster. I, I thought that was that was cute. I mean, that was a con- that was a a cover from the last series. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a G it was a G two cover back in the in the nineties too. Yeah. So, well, that I was mean, what the homage was. Yeah, from the yes. uh, from the first series, it's homaging yes. an homage. Do you remember yes. Charles from yes, the first series, the homage? Yes, yes. <laughs> I do think I got Alex assigned at a TFCon. <laughs> I do think this issue does suffer because it is the the midpoint of a five issue arc, but it also has to stand alone because they're packed in with the toys. So it has to stand alone by itself, and it's just, I think. Like you said, Joe, trying to do too much. Like, you know, Danny Lore is trying to write so much into this, but it's pulling double duty and not really doing either one especially well. Mm-hmm. Especially when you've got a character like Slicer who doesn't really have a past to build right. off of in terms of Shattered mm-hmm. Glass. Like, last issue with Blaster, I think all the exposition and back and and like internal monologue and stuff with him. Like I thought that was good because it helped to develop his character. And it's like, Oh, how is this different from normal blaster? And it showed a nice twist. Whereas Slicer, there's nothing to go off of. It's a brand new character. And like, none of it's that interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Wheeljack and he just changed his name. Maybe, (laughs) maybe. I mean, he was friends with ratchet. (laughs) I will give this little bit of praise. I, I mean, I liked the idea that a blaster's head can be used as a radio. No. I thought, okay, well, there's still components in his dead head that can be <laughs> used to to kind of receive a radio signal. Well, he still and, has the antennas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like well, he's, top of his head. he's he and, and and slicers carrying him around, not because he misses blaster. But because he wants to get a radio signal, yeah, right? Useful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a tool now. Blaster's yeah, and, a tool. A nice touch by JP on the coloring where Blaster's head was just solid gray the entire time. Because mm-hmm. he was dead. I mean, <laughs> wasn't he gray before? Um, it was white. I don't know. But I it, think it, he was, was it was gray. that dead Transformer gray. The- okay. I think he was gray, though. There is one weird shot now that you point that out where you can see like Blaster's eyes as an orangish color, like the outside of them. It's um when they look at Starscream Spark. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think that's the reflection from the light of the spark, though. Yeah. Because it's just interesting to have it reflected in eyes. Yeah. Mm. It's just it's interesting to see it reflected in Blaster's eyes because I thought they were completely hollow mm. the way they depicted it. Mm. But yeah, because I guess they do at the in the in the in the first uh, panel of the comic, he's handing over a couple of eyeballs to Ratchet, which you're I think you're supposed to think is that's Blaster's eyes. That's what and, I um, assumed. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Oh, well. Well, that's our review of Transformers Shattered Glass 2, issue number three. Uh, and should be available in comic shops this week, as this uh, is, it should be already uh, in the shops uh, from this Wednesday. So hopefully you picked it up before we completely spoiled the story for you. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, uh, that's our comic review, and let's move on to convention news. All right, uh, just a few things to point out here um, this week. Let me get it up. Uh, at the end of TFCon, as they always do, they announce the next one. And we know we have TFCon LA in the spring of 2023, but in October 20th through 22nd, they have announced TFCon Orlando. This is making up, I think, the the missed TF or the canceled TFCon in, I think, 2020. Uh, due to COVID. Yep. So they're making good to all the people in that part of the U.S. And uh, TFCon Orlando is happening at the Doubletree Hilton Hotel at SeaWorld. So, um, That's wild. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we have some TF Nation Minicon announcements. Uh this is March 25th, 2023, and they have announced Rebecca Nalty is going to be there. And also um, some Ed Peary, who helped coloring um, the book that, that we just read. So they will both be there. And uh, I believe this is just a, a small one-day con. So uh, if you are in the UK, be sure to check that out. Also, and they were in, both uh, did like I, Rebecca Nalty did coloring on. I think uh, did she do? I think she did last spot standing. She did all the colors I on think, last. Yeah, spot I think standing. you're right. Yep, I believe so. And Ed Peary is a longtime Transformers uh, fan artist who's recently yeah. been getting more professional work. Done some covers and colors and things. And done, done some assists with JP. Yep. Um, and then also in the UK, uh, Roll Out Roll Call is returning. Uh, this is Sunday, n- November 13th. And they have announced uh, John Paul Beauvais and also Simon Furman. So uh, there will also be some G.I. Joe people as well. The Roll Out Roll Call is a UK Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Action Force show. So um, I think they have not had a show since the pandemic. So nice to see them coming back. Mm-hmm. And that is all we have here for convention news. Okay. And uh, that will take us to the end of this episode of Transmissions Alt Mode. Again, at the end of every episode, we give a shout out to our Masterpiece Donatrons. Uh, these are the folks who continue to support us at our highest level. We really appreciate uh, your support, and that's why we give you a shout-out in every episode. So thank you again to john 4 x Good and DemonTech82. Dr. Pants, thanks again for joining us this week. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online? As always, thank you guys for having me. It's always a blast to be here. And you can find me and my Nerdstradamus cohorts at the Nerdstradamus YouTube channel. Or you can go to Nerdstradamus.com and check out all the links there. We are on 
uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We are just about everywhere. We're on Twitch uh, because we stream Wednesdays and Fridays. So if you're listening to this Friday morning, tune in 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tonight. And you can watch me and my co-host Lambo play uh, something. I don't know. We recorded this on Sunday, and I, I we don't plan that far ahead. But uh, keep checking our YouTube channel. We post videos, and uh, you may see a special horror movie that we made with our friends. Could be fun. Nice. You've got all the social media networks owned by crazy billionaires, which is are all there, of them. Are there social <laughs> media networks not owned by crazy billionaires? There's I don't think all so. the open source ones that aren't really, um, <laughs> you know, no, that no one really, uses. Yeah, yeah. No one uses, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. <laughs> On that depressing note, <laughs> we'll take it to the end of transmissions alt mode. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. See ya. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Transmissions. If you'd like to join the conversation, travel to our Discord channel at transmissionspodcast.com slash Discord. Want some cool transmission swag? Feast your eyes on our transmissions gear at transmissionspodcast.com slash shop. If you'd like to support our podcast, Go to transmissionspodcast.com slash support or tell your friends about our show. We'll see you next time.